Chapter Nine of the Little Colonel in Arizona. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Reading by Lars Rolander. The Little Colonel in Arizona by Annie Fellows Johnston. Chapter Nine. Lloyd's Duck Hunt meanwhile lloyd and jack riding along toward the river were enjoying every moment of the sunny afternoon leaving the road at the white bachelors they followed the trail across a strip of desert look out for gopher holes called jack if your horse should happen to stumble into one you'll be over his head before you can say scat the little pests burrow everywhere as he spoke his pony sprang to one side of the road with a suddenness that nearly threw him from the saddle you old goose he exclaimed that was nothing but a stick you shied at but it does look remarkable like a snake doesn't it lloyd that's the way with all these ponies they're always on the watch for rattlers and they'll shy at anything that looks the least bit like one i didn't know that we'd find snakes out here in this dry sand said lloyd in surprise yes you'll find almost anything if you know just where to look a whole menagerie there are owls and snakes living together in the same holes wait it looks as if there might be a nest of them yonder i'll stir it up and see leaving the trail he rode up between a clump of sagebrush and greasewood bushes and threw his hat with all his force toward a hole beneath them a great sleepy owl fluttered out and sailed off with a slow flapping of wings to the shelter of a stubby mesquite farther on if we had time to dig into the nest we'd find a snake in there declared jack hanging down from his saddle cowboy fashion to pick up his hat from the ground as he rode along he could feel that lloyd admired the easy grace with which he did it and that she was interested in the strange things he had to tell about the desert he was glad that phil was not along for phil with his three years advantage in age and six inches in height had a way of monopolizing attention that made jack appear very young and insignificant he resented being made to feel like a little boy when he was almost a year older than lloyd and several inches taller this was the first time he had been out alone with her and the first time that he had had a chance to show her that he could be entertaining when he tried joyce and mary and phil had always had so much to say that he had kept in the background the sun on lloyd's hair made it gleam like sunshine itself tucked up under her jaunty little hunting cap the exercise was bringing a deeper color to the delicate wild rose pink of her cheeks and as her eyes smiled mischievously up at him whenever he told some tale that seemed almost too big to believe he decided that she was quite the nicest girl he had ever known except joyce and fully as agreeable to go hunting with as any boy in that short trip he pointed out more strange things than she could have seen in a whole afternoon in the streets of paris or london there were the wonderful tiny trap-doors 
leading down into the silk-lined tunnels of the cunning trapdoor spiders the hairy tarantulas the lizards the burrows of the jackrabbits a trail made by the feet of coyotes on their way to the white bachelor's poultry yard then he pointed out a great cactus sixty feet high branched like a candelabrum and told her that the thorny trunk is like a great sealed cup full of the purest water and that more than one traveller has saved his life by boring into one of these desert wells when he was perishing of thirst he told her how the navajo indians hunt the prairie dogs sticking up a piece of mirror at the entrance to the mound and lying in wait for the little creature to come out when it meets its own reflection and sees what it supposes to be a strange prairie dog mocking it at its own front door it hurries out to fight and the indian pins it to the ground with his arrow now we'll have to go faster and make up for lost time he exclaimed as they left the desert and turned into a road leading to tempe a little town several miles away on salt river there is an old ruin near this road where the indians had a fort of some kind that i'd like to show you but it's getting late and we'd better hurry on to the river let's gallop lloyd had enjoyed many a swift ride but none that had been so exhilarating as this the pure fresh air blowing over the desert was unlike any she had ever breathed before it seemed so much purer and more life-giving it was a joy just to be alive on such a day and in such a place she felt that she knew some of the delight a bird must feel winging its wild free way through the trackless sky i'd like to show you the town too jack said as they came to the ford in the river leading over to tempe the mexican quarter is so foreign-looking but as we are out to kill we'll just keep on this side and follow the river upstream a piece chris said that is where he saw the ducks oh i'd be the proudest thing that ever walked she exclaimed if i could only shoot one a peacock couldn't hold a candle to me it would be worth the trip to arizona just to do that if i never did another thing how i could crow over malcolm and rob oh jack you haven't any idea how much i want to you shall have first pop at them jack answered you don't stand as good a show with that little rifle as i do you'll have to wait till you get up just as close as possible compared to the broad ohio which lloyd was accustomed to seeing salt river did not look much wider than a creek she was in a quiver of excitement when they turned the bend and suddenly came in sight of the beautiful waterfowl the ponies trained to stand perfectly still wherever they were left came to a sudden halt as the two excited hunters sprang off and crept stealthily along the bank they'll see your white sweater cautioned jack stoop down and sneak in behind the bushes then i'd better wait here returned lloyd and you go on i don't believe i could eat a bandua now i'm in such a shake i must have the buck egg if i bang into them i'll just frighten them all away and you won't get a shot 
it was a temptation to jack to do as she urged this was the first sight he had had of a duck since he had owned a gun and the glint of the iridescent feathers as the pretty creature circled and dived in the water made him tingle with the hunter's thrill no he exclaimed as she insisted i brought you out here to shoot a duck and i don't want to take you back without one then i'll get down and wiggle along in the sand so they can't see me said lloyd just like lawless dick the half-breed hunter isn't this fun crawling stealthily through the greasewood bushes they crept inch by inch nearer the water fairly holding their breath with excitement then lloyd rising to her knees levelled her rifle to take aim but her hands shook and lowering it she turned to jack whispering i'm sure i'll miss and spoil your chance you shoot oh go on said jack roughly forgetting in his excitement that he was not speaking to a boy don't be a goose you can hit one if you try the commanding tone irritated lloyd but it seemed to steady her nerves for flashing an indignant glance at him she raised her rifle again and aimed with deliberate coolness bang jack who knelt just beside her prepared to fire the instant her shot should send a whir of wings into the air gave a wild whoop and dropped his gun hi he yelled you've hit it see it floating over there wait a minute i'll get it for you crashing through the bushes he ran back to where washington stood waiting and swinging himself into the saddle spurred him down the bank but the pony who had never balked before with him at any ford seemed unwilling to go in hurry up you old slowpoke called jack don't you see it's getting away he succeeded in urging him into the middle of the river where the water was almost up to the pony's body but halfway across the pony began to plunge and turned abruptly about then his hind feet seemed to give way and he went suddenly back on his haunches at the same instant a gruff voice called from the bank come out of that you little fool don't you know there's quicksand there head your chaos down the river quick spur him up do you want to drown yourself with a desperate plunge and a flounder or two the pony freed himself and struggled back to safe ground past the treacherous quicksand as jack reached the bank he saw the white bachelor peering at him from the back of his white horse he was evidently on the same mission for he wore a hunting coat as brown and weather-beaten as his swarthy face and carried an old gun on his shoulder you'd have been sucked clean through to china if you'd gone much farther over he said crossly that's one of the worst places in the river although his tone was savage there was a pleasant gleam in his eyes as he added too bad you've lost your duck haven't lost it yet said jack with a glance toward the dark object floating rapidly downstream he kicked off his boots as he spoke oh jack please don't go in after it begged lloyd it isn't worth such a risk the word quicksand had frightened her for she had heard much of the dangerous spots in the rivers of this region bound to have it called jack for you might not get another shot and i'm bound not to take you back home without one 
striking out into the water regardless of his sweater and heavy corduroy trousers he paddled after it by this time the entire flock was out of sight and when jack emerged from the river dripping like a water dog the man remarked coolly well your hands up for this day buddy better skip home and hang yourself up to dry or you'll be having pneumonia aren't you one of the kids that lives at that place where they've got ware's wigwam painted on the post and all sorts of outlandish figures on the tents yes acknowledged jack in a surly tone resenting the name kid then remembering the fate that the man's warning had saved him from he added gratefully it was lucky for me you yelled out quicksand just when you did for i was so bent on getting that duck that i'd have kept on trying no matter how the pony cut up i thought he'd taken a stubborn spell and wanted to balk at the water i'm a thousand times obliged here lloyd he added here's your trophy we'll hang it on your saddle he held out the fowl a beautifully marked drake but she drew back with a little shrug of the shoulders oh mercy no she answered i wouldn't touch it for the world how how roared the white bachelor who had watched her shrinking gesture with a grin afraid of a dead duck i'm not she declared turning on him indignantly i'm not afraid of anything but i just can't bear to touch dead things especially with fur or feathers on them ugh it nearly makes me sick to think about it well if that don't beat the dutch said the man in an amused tone after a long stare she seemed to be a strange species of womankind with which he was unacquainted then after another prolonged stare he swung his heels against the sides of his old white horse as a signal to move and ambled slowly off talking to himself as he went meddlesome old thing muttered lloyd casting an indignant glance after him it's none of his business i don't see what he wanted to poke in for it was lucky for me that he did answered jack i never once thought of quicksand queer that i didn't too when i've heard so much about it ever since i came it's all through southern arizona and more than one man has lost his life blundering into it lloyd grew serious as she realized the danger he had escaped it was mighty brave of you to go back into the river after you came so near being drowned and just for my pleasure just because you knew i wanted that duck i'll remember it always of you jack oh that's nothing he answered carelessly blushing to the roots of his wet hair when i once start out to get a thing i hate to be beaten i'd have swam all the way to jericho rather than let it get away but i hope you won't always think of me as sloshing around in the water though i suppose you can't help that for you know the first time you saw me i was over my elbows in a wash-tub that's so laughed lloyd but you weren't quite as wet then as you are now it's a pity you can't wring yourself as dry as you did those towels while jack was tugging into his boots she went back to the bushes for the gun he had dropped then she stood drawing out the loads while he tied the duck to his saddle poor thing said lloyd 
it looked so beautiful swimming around in the water a few minutes ago now its mate will be so lonesome papa jack says wild ducks never mate again of course she went on slowly i'm proud to think that i hit it but now that it's dead and i took its life i feel like a murderer jack i'm never going to kill another one as long as i live but it isn't as if you'd done it just for sport protested jack they were meant for food wait till joyce serves it for dinner and you'll change your mind no she said resolutely i'll keep my rifle for rattlesnakes and coyotes in case i see any and for target practice i'm not going to do any more killing of this kind i'm glad that i got this one though she added as she swung herself into the saddle i'll send grandfather a feather and one to mom beck they'll both be so proud and i'll send one to malcolm and one to rob and they'll both be so envious to think that i got ahead of them may i have one asked jack just to keep to remember my first duck hunt yes of course cried lloyd i wouldn't have had any myself if it hadn't been for you you have given me one of the greatest pleasures i ever had this has been a lovely afternoon then i can count that quite a feather in my cap can't i said jack laughingly reaching down he selected the prettiest feather he could find and thrust the long quill through his hat-band lloyd glanced quickly at him she would have expected such a complimentary speech from malcolm or phil but coming from the quiet matter-of-fact jack such a graceful bit of gallantry was a surprise you can save the down for a sofa cushion you know he added even if you have sworn off shooting any more yourself you can levy on all that phil and i get to finish it oh thank you she called back over her shoulder her pony finding that he was turned homeward was setting off at his best gait slapping his hat firmly on his head jack hurried to overtake her and the two raced along neck to neck this is how they brought the good news from ghent to es he called i recited it once at school not a word to each other we kept the great pace neck by neck stride by stride never changing our place isn't it glorious called back lloyd her cheeks dimpled with pleasure and were growing red as the sun ripened peach from the exercise her hat pin began slipping out snatching at the little cap she caught it just in time to save it from sailing off into the desert but her hair came slipping down over her shoulders to her waist in soft shining waves jack thought that he had never seen anything prettier than the little golden ripples in it as it floated back behind her in the sunshine you look like goldilocks when the three bears chased her he laughed don't try to put it up again that squaw fashion you ought to wear it that way all the time you're out here if you want to be in style across the road from the wigwam mary and norman were waiting for the return of the hunters they had rolled a barrel from the backyard over to the edge of the desert 
where they could watch the road and turning it on its side had laid a plank across it left from flooring the tents on this they were seesawing up and down taking turns at occupying the end which faced in the direction jack and lloyd would come mary happened to have the coveted seat when they came in sight gay go up and gay go down she chanted as the seesaw rose and fell with delightful springiness all the way to london town norman was high in the air when she began again gay go up but it was anything but gay go down for norman with an unexpectedness that he was wholly unprepared for mary's chant ended with a whoop of here they come she sprang off and ran to meet them regardless of the other end of the plank it fell with such a thud that norman felt that his spinal column must certainly have been become unjointed in the jolt and his little white teeth shut down violently on his little red tongue his cries and mary's shout of here they come brought joyce to the door mr ellestad was just leaving she had prevailed upon him to read the legend to her mother and then he had stayed on till sundown discussing the different things that a girl might do on the desert to earn money the story of Shapur had inspired her with a hope that made all things possible she was glad that lloyd's triumph gave her an outlet for her enthusiasm as soon as mr ellestad left she hustled jack off to his mother's tent to change his wet clothes and then started to build the fire for supper it's a pity it's too dark for me to take a snapshot of you with that duck she said but the first one that jack or phil kills will have a picture of it it will do just as well then if i were you i'd make some little blotting pads of white blotting paper put a blueprint on the top sheet of you and your rifle and the duck and at the top fasten one of the feathers made into a pen you can split the end of the quill you know just as they used to make the old-fashioned goose quilt pens so i can cried lloyd i'm so glad you thought of it oh joyce i've had the best time this afternoon i had no idea the desert could be so interesting nor i either began joyce i'll tell you about it some other time she added as holland burst in demanding to see the duck that lloyd had killed mary had run down the road to meet him with the news but he stoutly declined to believe that a girl could have accomplished such a feat until he had the proof of it in his hands then to lloyd's delight he claimed the honour of picking it she felt that she would rather throw it away than go through the ordeal herself yet she could not impose such a task on any one else at such a late hour on a busy saturday oh if you only will she cried i'll let you use my rifle all next saturday i didn't see how i could possibly touch it that down is so thick under the long outside feathers that it would be as bad as picking a a cat holland ripped out a handful with a look of fine scorn well if you aren't the funniest he exclaimed girls are awful finicky he confided to mary later i'm glad that i'm not one 
End of chapter 9 Read by Lars Rolander